It is an honor to be with you today and um, so, so grateful for the gift of technology. We have an opportunity to be together and to share the word of God. And uh, today is a, a big, big Sunday for us, big weekend. Ladies, how about flourishing last night? Was that? Yeah. That was fun, fun, fun. And so um, great message, great. Just, just a great, a great night, and then uh, some great food afterwards. And man, I never knew y'all could eat that well. Some of y'all had two burgers. Don't lie about it. You said that first one wasn't enough. Three patties. And uh, you know, I, I, that was a great company. But I, I got, I got my burger, a one patty, and you, you know, you're hungry when every time you bite it, you take a look at it. Like, is this all that there is? I'm. And yeah, anyway, so, um, but it was it was great, and um, and we we can't wait. A lot of great vision and great plans for flourishing next year. A lot of exciting announcements that we can't wait to share in January, so on and so forth. God is doing a lot of great things through flourishing, so uh, we praise the Lord for that. And so, today I am honored to open the Word of God with you today, and um, it's, it's going to be a short message because. We got some things we want to do here in about 25, 30 minutes, and I know you have prepared over the past month or so, and you've prayed, and, and you're ready to, to give. So, But I do want to preach. I want to encourage our faith, and uh, we're, we're going to proceed with our offering. And then don't forget, we, we got Christmas coming up. Powerful message next week, going to be an encouraging message next Sunday, encouraging message next Sunday, and then on the 24th, um, we want you guys to invite as many people as possible. Let's fill the house of God. It's going to be great. Let's go ahead and dive into Matthew chapter 2, verse 9. It says this here. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star... They were filled with joy. Someone say joy. joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, the three wise men. It says this here. For God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. It says this, after the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Man, I, I encourage you to really dive into the Christmas texts and scriptures during the season of the year. And what I want you to see when you're reading through over the next week and a half or two weeks or so, is I want you to see the hand of God. Moving in this situation. Um, God had been silent for 400 years. He hadn't moved. Um, the Old Testament ended with the prophet Malachi. And he was encouraging the priests to come back to God and, and to lead the people in the things of God. And he was encouraging the people, <laughs> Malachi 3, he was encouraging the people to bring the tithe back to the house of God. What a way to end the Old Testament. God says, bring the tithe back. And then he goes silent the Lord for 400 years the Bible says that Jesus is born or Jesus is coming 
And he's just doing, God is doing so many things. He's sending angels to talk to people, and, and, and he's guiding them, and he's timely, and he's doing all this great stuff. He's so active. He's so involved. And th- this is one thing I can deduce from the Christmas season and the coming of Christ, and th- it's that Jesus is, or God is the protector of his promises. And, and so God, if God has promised something for your life, He's also going to make sure that thing comes to pass. He's a protector. So it says this here. After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Here it is. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother. The angel said, stand there. And I'm sorry. Stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So Herod is oppressed by Satan. And one thing we know about Satan is, is that Satan isn't a border. Get your mind out of politics. Get your mind out of the Supreme Court decision. What I'm saying is, is that Satan loves to kill people's potential. And so he saw the potential on this baby, and he wanted to kill Jesus to thwart or to usurp the plan of God. He's an aborter. He's a killer of potential. And so he's using, the enemy is using Herod to seek to kill Jesus. Verse 14 says this, That night Joseph left for Egypt with the, with the child and Mary and his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. I like to say until God took care of him. Got to get a little spicy with you guys. God took care of him. There it is. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. I called my son out of Egypt. Well, let's celebrate, guys. Today is moving forward offering. Come on, let's celebrate that. Uh, y'all should be more excited about, about that. There you go. And um, this is an annual tradition here at our church, Offering Sunday. Uh, today will mark year five that we bring the offering. And the offering is above and beyond your normal giving or your normal tithe. Um, it is a biblical thing. The Bible teaches about actually many offerings through the Old and New Testament. And, um, and so, just a beautiful time. And I think it's more than, than a tradition. I think today, your faith has the opportunity to go to a new level right. through an act of trust. Right. Um, and so, I'm excited for all that God has done in your heart and for all that he's going to continue to do in your heart. And in light of what we're going to do here in about 20 minutes, today I want to talk about the spirit of giving. The spirit of giving. And so the Bible talks about these three wise men. Now, these three wise men, they also are nicknamed uh, three kings, uh, three magi. And you know that there is not a Christmas until you see a nativity scene somewhere. (laughs) Either in the store or you're riding in the neighborhood at nighttime and you see, you know, the nativity and the baby and and all that. It's, It's all wonderful. Historically, these three, we're going to call them magi. These three magi were, historians believe, astronomers, um, philosophers, um, historians, scientists. Um, They were very influential and resourceful people. Some would debate that they were actually three kings from near Persia, a, a bit more east than Israel. And so they would have come over from Persia in the Middle East to seek and find the baby, to worship the baby. A lot of historians believe, and this is what I subscribe to because I just think it's cool, 
that Daniel, someone say Daniel, Daniel, who was a Jewish leader under a Persian king some six or 700 years prior to Jesus' birth, a lot of people believe that Daniel founded this order of Magi and that for over 600 years, this order of Magi stayed in place. And he would have taught them about the Jewish Messiah. Yet, he also would have shared that it's not just the Messiah of the Jews, but this is the sent one of God for the world. And so for 600 years, they would have held to Daniel's guidance, his wisdom, his, his spiritual discernment. And, and they would have studied the stars to see when this event, the birth of Christ, was going to take place. And so when everything lined up, these magi went on over to Bethlehem seeking out Jesus, seeking out their king, seeking out the Lord to, to honor him and to worship him. Upon arriving, they meet with King Herod. Someone say bad meeting. Bad, 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 bad meeting. So King Herod is actually set in place as king over Judea. This is the area where Jesus is, Mary and Joseph at this time. And he was set in place by Rome to oversee Jewish affairs, business, religious systems, and all that. He was actually not a Jew. He was a Moabite. And the Moabites for centuries have been enemies of the Jewish people. And um, the Bible says, and history records, that Herod was so evil that he killed political leaders, religious leaders. Herod killed his own wife. Herod had his mother-in-law murdered. Think about those holidays. Oh, man, I got to go see your mom. Okay. I'm going to have her killed. And he also, here it is, killed his three sons because he was afraid to lose his kingship. So when they came to see the baby and they had this meeting with Herod, you go back in the text of Matthew chapter 2, and he says, oh, man, the Messiah has been born. I want to go worship him too. When you find him, can you come back to me to tell me where he is? The Bible says that the Lord intervened by doing what? Giving them a dream. All right. And so despite Herod's attempts to take out your savior, the the three wise men proceeded in the spirit of giving. So there are three things that stick out in the story. And then we're going to prepare to give. Number one, we see that they rejoiced. We, We rejoice. It said they saw the star and they were filled with joy. That, that internal wellspring, that bliss filled up. Was, oh, my God, he's here. He, oh, he's here. Load the camels and the horses and, and get all the stuff. We, the king is here. The savior of the world is here, and we have to go and see. The, this is what Daniel was talking about. He's here. They rejoice. Why did they rejoice? Well, number one, write these things down. They found, number one, their source. They found the source of who they were. They found their beginning. And a lot of people are attempting to discover, who am I? Who am I? I don't understand myself. I don't understand my life. Where do I come from? Who who, who, who am I? Well, the Bible says that all things were created in Christ, for Christ, through Christ, and by Christ. So they found their source. They found their beginning. They found their source. The second thing they found in the baby is they found their Savior. Someone say Savior. Savior. And it became apparent as they saw the child that in that moment, 
as they placed their faith in Christ, that in that moment they entered into a relationship with their heavenly father, though not being Jewish men. When they saw that baby, they threw all religion out the door. They understood at that point, I don't have to come to church dress accordingly. I don't have to stop sinning. I don't have to stop hanging out with these people. I don't have to change my ways. I don't have to work to get close to God. But in God's love, God has come to me. So they found a savior when they found the baby. And they knew then that there was no block between them and God. And so they rejoiced. Someone say rejoice. They rejoiced. Because this baby was the key to unlocking heaven over their lives. They re- Come on, rejoice. Rejoice. He's your savior. They rejoice. And the third thing they found was their future. Woo. They looked at that baby and they saw their future. They saw a bright future. A hope-filled future. They saw a great future. They saw their destiny. They saw a prosperous future, a free future. They saw their future when they saw that baby. Because Christ, here it is, holds your future in his hands. And it's a good, even that little baby, them little hands. They saw their future. I love it. It says this here, Jeremiah 29, 11, I will bless you with a future. Someone say future. Filled with hope and a future. Someone say future. future. Of success, not suffering. So they rejoice. If you know God's been good to you, can we just rejoice? Come on, can we clap? Can we celebrate? Can we get some of y'all to stand to your feet and rejoice for the goodness of God in your lives? Come on. Your strength is in your praise. Your victory is in your praise. He's been good. He's been good. Come on, we're going to go five more seconds. Come on, five. Worship him, four. Praise him, three, two, one. Hallelujah. They rejoice. They rejoice. I love the Apostle Paul. We're talking about him post-worship there a little bit. Paul says in Philippians, he says, rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. It's a command to rejoice. So them not knowing the things of God and and showing up and rejoicing. I mean, these were Gentile men rejoicing over a Jewish Savior. They rejoice. I love it. And then the second thing we observe is, is worship and giving. They worship and they gave. Today we worship. And today we give. We've already worshiped. We've sung. We've clapped. We just praised again. Faith has been built in that moment. Right there. That that just made you feel like you could conquer the world. Right? We worship. And now we're going to give. Why? Because giving, watch me, is a form of worship. So, so, So when we stand up and we say, hey, at the end of service, it's time to give our offering. It's time to give our tithe. Once again, that's just not a natural transaction. That's an opportunity for you to worship God through your giving. So they worshiped and they gave. And the Bible says that they opened up their treasure chest, which tells me that as we've been doing over the past month, 
they prepared. They saw the star, and they went to their coffers. They went to the bank. They went to their chest. They went, to, they went and they said, we're going to load frankincense. We're going to load myrrh, and we're going to load gold. Because we're not going to come into the presence of our king empty-handed. We're not just going to rejoice and be encouraged. We're not just going to hear the word of God and see prophecy fulfilled when we speak with Mary and Joseph. That's teaching, right? We're not just going to praise and be taught, but we're going to bring something to him to worship him because he's been so, so good. And so they prepare myrrh, frankincense, and gold. The myrrh, if you're taking notes, all these very valuable substances represented immortality. Immortality. Death and immortality. We know that Jesus was born, here it is, to die for our sins. But it also represents that though he died, happy Easter, he resurrected. And, and the, good, the good news about that is that though we die, we will resurrect. So they, they were bringing him the myrrh. Someone say myrrh. Very valuable substance. They brought him frankincense, which represents priesthood. He was a priest. Scripture teaches that priests, here it is, stand in the gap between the people, us, you and I, and God. And without a priest, you don't get to God. I was, I'm reading right now. I'm going to my New Testament right now. Simply put, sin separates us from God. And the Bible declares that we've all sinned. But God was so good that on that day and that season, he sent our high priest. Because... He didn't want to be separated from us. And so he represented humanity, though in the flesh he was sinless. And it enabled him to go into the presence of God and take us with him as well. So he was just like you. He was tempted like you're tempted. He was discouraged like you are discouraged. He was challenged. He was burdened. He was given hardships. But yet he was sinless. And so they brought him frankincense. Thanking him for his priesthood. And then. (laughs) This is actually real gold in here. They brought him gold. Someone say gold. Gold. They brought him gold. Gold represents divinity and kingship. They're saying you are our king. You are our Lord. Not only do we put our faith in you, but we obey you. We're going to follow you. We're going to trust you. They brought him gold. Now, we don't know how much gold. The Bible, ah, God plays around too much for me. (laughs) Brother Paul was saying that he had a thorn in his flesh, and he prayed to the Lord on three different occasions to remove that thorn. But he never qualified what that struggle was. Because us being the religious people that we are, if we knew what Brother Paul's thorn was, we would make it ours too. We would idolize it. We would say, well, Paul struggled with this, so do I, so this is my struggle. So God likes to leave things open. 
right? So it just says gold, frankincense, and myrrh. What I do know is it, it wasn't a little gold. It wasn't a little gold. It was a lot. I don't know if it was a suitcase. I don't know if it was duffel bags. I don't know if it was grocery bags. I don't know what it was, but we do know that it was more than a few nuggets. And so as I was studying, the Holy Spirit led me to research how much is a bar of gold worth in the United States of America. USD, one bar of 40-ounce gold is worth $750,000. So let's think in terms of bars. Is it two bars? Is it 40 bars? If your boss was second to the king of Persia, you're pretty high ranking. 750,000 dollars. They worship and they gave extravagantly. They gave to the king extravagantly. And then the third thing we see in the text is we see advancement. Someone say advancement. So today, as we give, we're going to advance. We're going to advance. Now, the gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh. We see where Jesus is born. We don't know how old he is. What I will say is much of what you see in the movies and the nativity scene um, is a bit off. He's a little bit older than fresh out. He's probably a few months. He's maybe a year old. History records, and the Bible even teaches that Herod, when he found out of this Jewish Messiah being born, he issued an edict. And he wanted every child in the area, every boy child in the area, under the age of two to be killed. So we know that Jesus is at least a few months old. And they show up with their gold, frankincense, and myrrh, very extravagant and expensive gifts. And we just read that God gave Joseph a dream to go to Egypt. Someone say Egypt. The word Egypt means sin. So I'm sending a savior to sin. To save those who are locked up and bound in sin in order to set us free from sin. So he sent them to Egypt. And what we know is that with that two-year-old and under edict, we know that Mary, Joseph, and Jesus stayed in Egypt for at least two years. Now, mind you, Mary, Joseph, and Jesus have nothing. They have no resource. If you um, watch the show The Chosen, and if you've seen the Christmas special, uh, there's a point where Joseph, I love how Dallas Jenkins is building out the birth of Christ, and it's so masterful. There's a point in which, um, you know, she's, you know, she's having contractions, and Jesus is coming, and, 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 um, and then she go, he, he goes to an inn, and they're like, we don't have any room. We don't have any room for you. And he goes back, and he tells Mary as she's sitting on, on the donkey, he's like, I'm sorry. Like, I tried to offer him some extra money, but we don't have anything. And she was like, Joseph, let's just, wherever we can go, he, he's, because he's, <laughs> he's coming. Wherever we, I'm getting chills. Wherever we go, he's coming. I got to give And so they had nothing. So God is saying, go to Egypt. They have no connections. Joseph doesn't have a job. They have no resource. But what we can deduce is that whatever the wise men gave them, 
was enough to advance them. For at least two years. Could you live off of 750,000 two years? So today is not about maintaining your faith. Today is not about maintaining the level of your trust in God. When we say prepare to give above and beyond, today is about creating momentum in your relationship with God, creating momentum in your faith, momentum in your trust, so that the things of God in the future can multiply in your life. And there are three things their offering, their gift did. Three things their gift did. I want you to write these down. Number one, their gift provided Provided, sorry, their gift provided for Mary, Joseph, and Jesus. Provided their needs. It won't come up on the screen. Number two, their gift protected the plan of God. Protected them while they were in Egypt. Joseph didn't have to worry. He could just focus on raising the baby. Focus on his wife. Focus on keeping Jesus for you and I. And then the third thing he did. Is it projected Jesus. It advanced Christ. Out of Egypt, I've called my son. It got them back to Jerusalem so he could start the work of dying for you and I. It advanced that family. Provided, protected, and projected Jesus for you and I. And so, man, when I get to heaven, based on last week, I want to see Mary. Come here, girl. Hey, let's talk. What was that $20,000 about? That perfume. Oh, Josh, it wasn't 20. That's just, it was way more than that. You was talking minimum wage. I didn't know. The Lord didn't tell me. I had to make something up. All right, Mary. Hey, Mary, do you know where uh, Joseph is? Yeah, he's on Ezekiel Way at the west gate of, dang. That's far. Oh, well, I'm in heaven. I never get tired. Hey, Joe. Joe. That's Joe. That's Joseph. Now, why were you so obedient? Every time you got a dream, you just got up. You didn't need a meeting with the pastor. You didn't need a prayer call. You just, God told you and you did it. Praise the Lord for you, brother. Hey, um, you know what the three wise men are? Yeah, they uh, uh Hey guys, um I always wanted to know. How much gold did you really give Jesus? Cuz I had to make it up, you know, USD 750, I didn't know, you know. But, and then, you know, it's it's going to be amazing. But today uh today is an opportunity for you, your family in our church to advance. It's an opportunity to break the spirit of greed that's oppressing your life and to release not just finances, but to release your heart to God. I know this, in order to get somewhere you've never been in any area of your life, 
You have to give something you've never given. And that's the opportunity we have. Let's prepare our offering. All right. So get your envelopes. I want to go through ways to give with you. You guys can clear this off. Thank you so much. All right. So the first way you can give is online. Highlight.church slash invest. And on the on that platform, you can go from general and you can choose moving forward offering. Moving forward offering. You can also text to give. You can text any amount. 84321. You can't choose the moving forward offering, but you can give your amount. And because it's on this date, we'll consider that your offering. And then you can give in person with your moving forward envelope, cash or check. If you're making a check, make it out to Highlight Church. And um, it's going to be awesome. So if you take a moment to fill this out, no matter how you're giving, please fill these envelopes out. Let us know you gave online. Let us know, you, you know, you're giving in person. Fill out all that information, name, phone, email address, all that. And so that first box says that I am committing to tithe in 2022. For some of you, your tithe should be your offering today. I don't want you to calculate how much you make and then give above and beyond that. If you're not a consistent tither, today you're going to dedicate and commit your life to being a tither. I had a phenomenal talk with my son on the way to school the other day. And... um, about tithing and it was a passionate talk but his faith was built up and I know that as God moves him along he's going to be a tither so I want you to commit to tithing today and then you're going to bring your offering second box moving forward offering amount for some of you you already tithe faithfully and you're going to write that amount in you're going to check off that box and then the third box is, I am believing for in 2022. Maybe it's a word, maybe it's a sentence, but we want to come alongside you and pray. My wife and I, we have two words for 2022, and our two words are health and momentum. Health in all things and momentum. And we're excited about all that God is going to do 